Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Brian Christofferson. I'm joined by Michael Brunts. It's uh, a beautiful, it's not beautiful, it's dreary outside. It's been raining for like 24 hours straight. Um, Brunts has come in from building an arc and here he is to talk about Husker sports. Yeah, the uh, Nebraska maybe lucked out by not making the Big Ten baseball tournament, which looks like it's never going to start now. Maybe that's Maybe that's what happens when you don't get that tarp off the field early enough on the uh, the last weekend of the season like Purdue did. Yeah, Purdue Pete. How do you like that? That's <laughs> kind of coming back in your face, isn't it? There, there's uh, there's some tarp karma there, I think, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of interesting. I, I liked uh, Trev Alberts did his monthly radio show, and I, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Let's just call him Dale. It was something like that. He uh, He was having a pleasant conversation when he first got on the air to uh, Trev Alberts about gardening outside and it was just sort of gentle he had a very meek voice and then all of a sudden Dale or whatever his name is just turned it up a notch and he's like why why didn't Purdue play that baseball game and all that stuff so Husker fans can uh, flip the switch uh, just like O'Shawn Mathis can getting after quarterbacks <laughs> it's uh yeah it, it, it it's I don't know. It, it, it's funny. Like May, May is, is sometimes a slow time for for things around here. But it feels like this this year in particular, we've just moved straight from spring ball to like, you know, th- there's no break. It just goes. Yeah. Yeah. There's sort of uh, we're not we're still like two months from fall camp or something like that. But it feels like it's going to be just like a straight like in kind of there's some intensity already in the air there was sort of like you know hot pursuit of nebraska needing to get portal guys and was that going to come together and everybody was following it closely and uh, we're going to get into this june is going to be pretty serious with recruiting um and official visits um so yeah there's not going to be any stop signs or or sort of these lulls i think that we sometimes get in the summer and there's going to be watch list, of course, Bruns. There's going to be watch list season, uh, so that'll be a big deal. It's not even watch list season yet, and we get we also get the first the the kick times for the first three weeks of the season tomorrow. Oh boy! So it's officially uh, kick time season season um, season, and uh, so lots to look forward to. But we, what do we want to hit on first? We've got we've got some topics to hit on. Let's talk about the weekend that was because it was a pretty important recruiting weekend for Nebraska football. Um, besides Marcus Washington um, being here um, and then committing as a, a portal guy from Texas, the wide receiver, they had three official visitors and all of them are really good players, prospects that are wanted sort of throughout the country. And they're all kind of buddies too. Uh, Caden Green, the four-star offensive lineman, 
Dylan Edwards, who is just like a stat packed running back. He has more yards than like t- 10 other high school running backs combined. I mean, it's just ridiculous what his numbers. And then Jaden Doss, who's sort of the intriguing like Debo Samuel type recruit in this recruiting class. Who do you want to start with, Bruns? Uh, I mean, you, you talked to Caden Green. Let's start there because we we not only do we ha- did we have the first official official visit for him, but now we also have a commitment date as of today as well. Yeah, July eighth is when he's going to decide. Caden uh, Green, um, I think, really hit it off with Donovan Riola. I think what was interesting was him talking about how Riola comes off to him as a new type of college coach. Like he can tell that he's like not polished but that sounds like it's a a dig but it's not because Caden Green was saying it from the standpoint of this is a guy is just he's going to be who he is no matter if it's a recruiting visit or it's August or whatever and you know you're getting ready for a practice he feels like he's a pretty just genuine guy this is who I am I'm not going to put on this uh, salesman routine for you and to a guy like Caden Green that was very appealing. He said, just like a guy who you, you feel like I got the straight look at what type of coach I'm going to have when I get here. And, you know, obviously um, I think Bill Bush in particular did some really good setting of the groundwork on some of these guys. That was sort of his area. And, and all these guys have spoken highly of Bill Bush and obviously he's a great recruiter. So that's kind of a nice little combination when you go from like Bill Bush, who's very seasoned as a recruiter, has done it for decades and is polished. And then a guy like Riola, who, you know, maybe gives you a a different sort of look. I think it could be effective. We'll see. Yeah, it the I guess the combo, too, of of Bush and and Mickey Joseph. I mean, I think that's been really kind of important to. A guy like Jaden Doss, who when I talked to him was was kind of saying that, you know, he's been to Nebraska before. He took an unofficial visit here, took the official visit this past weekend. Nebraska's been, you know, very clear about the the various ways that they plan to use him on as a wide receiver on special teams. And, you know, he said he just kind of had that feeling leaving his official visit that it was a Nebraska was a special place. And he said part of that was you have these coaches that you get to spend time around who have very different personalities. I mean, when you're talking Scott Frost, Mickey Joseph, Bill Bush, I mean, they're, you know, very different personalities, but he said the one thing that was kind of the the thread that wove all of them together was that they just, they love the place and, and they really care about Nebraska. And, you know, coming out of that visit, I mean, he sounded like a kid that, that really had a lot to think about. And I know he's going to try to line up some other visits uh, as well this summer with again you know looking at probably a decision before the end of his before the end of the summer but I, I think Nebraska really did a lot of, of good work with him and, and kind of kept up the momentum from his first trip to Lincoln where he kind of got that that introduction and the taste but on the official visit it was a much deeper dive into kind of what things look like there for for players yeah it sounded like I read your interview with him, and then I read the interview that Dylan Edwards did with uh, Steve Steve Wiltfong from our network, that all of those guys basically said, paraphrasing, that Nebraska was the most unique, best visit they've had to this point. Now, of course, in the weeks ahead, 
Um, there are going to be other opportunities for people to make their best pitch that are competing against Nebraska. And some of these guys, uh, I mean, I know in Caden Green's situation, I think Oklahoma has the crystal ball predictions kind of going his way right now. We'll see if that what that means. But I do really feel like with all these guys, Nebraska has uh, – they have a puncher's chance. Um, and I don't know, you know, if, if, if it's, some of them are going to be a package deal. I don't necessarily believe that with guys you you do no i i I, uh package deal it's always a little triggering when you hear that that's what i'm saying i sometimes people say that i'd be like yeah i've heard that many times and the guy ends up on one guy ends up at stanford the other guy ends up at boston college i just picked two places (laughs) as far on the map as i could think of there um but you know what i'm saying um it, it doesn't always feel like that's connected i do think there was usefulness though um, and the guy said this in that they were friends taking this visit together. And I think one thing that's been standing out in some of the interviews we've done with players, it recruits is current Husker players, um, have been giving pretty strong endorsements about it is what coaches say it's going to be for the most part. That's what they're hearing. And obviously Nebraska wants to surround recruits with players who are probably going to speak in a positive light or be good ambassadors for the program. But that's pretty useful, I think, because a lot of recruits nowadays, they're smart enough. Like, I hear you what the coach is saying, but I want to go hear what the, the guy who's playing left tackle for this guy says, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, no, and I, I think Nebraska was smart, at least with, with Doss. I mean, he spent a lot of time around Marquise Buford, um, you know, a, a lot of time around Alante Brown. I think Alante Brown's a guy that, you know, really connects well with uh, kids on official visits. I've heard the same about uh, Buford as well. Um, you know, younger guys that are, are you know, in in, um, in Alante Brown's case, he's a Chicago kid who, you know, there's, there's a little bit of regional familiarity there. I think that helps. Um, and, and I think that was kind of a, a big piece of that too. Man, Alante Brown was getting like good, reviews as a peer recruiter even when he wasn't playing you know like and I know he hasn't played yet but it seems like he's going to but that's that's pretty good when a guy who um isn't really seeing the field a lot is giving a good endorsement that's got to stand out to a guy um now it's going to be maybe not the busiest weekend ahead with Memorial Day coming up but it's going to be a pretty as we kind of tease busy June bronze it feels like uh beyond just like the usual Friday night light stuff. I mean, it, it's going to be some Vince Guinta said, I love packing June with official visits. It's like my month to do it. And it's setting up that way. Yeah. I mean, right now you're probably looking at, you know, what, 25, 30 official visits that, that they're going to be hosting in, in the month of June alone. And I, I think there's a reason for that. I mean, I, I think Nebraska you know, in the, in the past has maybe tended to like to get kids in for that game day atmosphere. They, they want to show off the full stands and, you know, get guys on the sidelines before a big game and, and you know, kind of have that whole uh, aura, I guess, around the weekend. But, you know, I, I, I do wonder if, you know, the, with the advent of, you know, the transfer portal with spots being a little bit more limited for high school kids and, and guys wanting to take visits earlier, uh, in the summer, I, I don't know that Nebraska is in a position a lot of times now where you can kind of say, okay, let's, let's wait until September and, you know, and, and, and have the visit then. I, I think it's gotta be a situation where, um, 
you know, you, you bring guys in in June. It also allows the coaches to kind of be around the players a little bit more who are on the visits because, I mean, as you know, those weekend games are so packed full. Coaches are, are worrying about winning the game and everything else that I, I think sometimes, um, you know, a, a recruit kind of gets left more with the player than, than the time they get to spend around with the coach. So I think it makes a lot of sense. And and actually, when you look at, you know, even past classes over the last few years, Nebraska's had a pretty good closing rate when they brought guys in in June. And I think that that's, you know, I, I think it's really advantageous for them to do that. Um, and, and again, trying to continue the momentum that they seem to kind of have with this new new staff of recruiters and kind of the work that they've done already this spring. I don't think we sometimes give kids enough credit too. I mean, sometimes we'll be like, Oh, well, who's his last visit. They're going to have the advantage and stuff like that. I, you know, guys can remember what stood out about places and what, what didn't. And maybe this is a select sampling on my part, but it does feel like from just the interviews of that we're doing that. I don't know. There's a lot of guys who just want to get this done before the season starts now a day. They, they, they know the whole process is sped up. I think high school guys are censoring, sensing, you know, the portal situation. And you kind of just want to be, I'm locked in here and have that done before you start your own season. And I think Nebraska understands that. And, and that's obviously part of it, but your point is a good one too. Like on, there is, I mean, it's awesome to be here on a game weekend for sure. But from a recruiting standpoint, if you're Nebraskan, you can get Mickey Joseph, you can get Bill Bush, whoever, around a guy for a good amount of time, like in June. Um, that's pretty – I would I would think that counts for a lot, you know, where the, the guy can see, like, yeah, these guys are really into me. You, 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 I mean, the other piece of that, too, is, I mean, this is a make-or-break fall for this coaching staff. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the, there needs to be – especially early in that season, there needs to be a lot of focus on getting some wins. Um, and, and then, you know, that'll kind of take care of hopefully the recruiting piece of it. And, and you get a little bit of wind in your sails uh, going into late conference play. But I mean, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to really load up in June. It really does. And, and like you said, I mean, I, I just think that the trend more and more with that early signing period has been get everything done in June, make your decision, because I, the reality is, too, I mean, if, if guys are trying to graduate early and enroll early, uh, that, that puts you in a little bit of a time crunch in the fall, too, to get things get things lined up. And, uh, you know, I, I think that staffs like Nebraska also want to have a better idea of kind of where they stand scholarship-wise and what their board looks like uh, going into the fall. So that way you can, I, I guess, even start looking a little bit at, you know, what do you have to add in the portal and, and you know, kind of having all your ducks in a row there. Real quickly, before we do a second segment, which we'll, we can focus on the defensive line transformation that's happened basically in the last month and baseball, there's uh, just sort of kind of summarizing that season. We'll ask you to summarize. We did do this briefly on another pod, but um, not everyone heard that one. Uh, Marcus Washington committing um, wide receiver from Texas. What, what's your, uh, your snapshot view of that, uh, that move for Nebraska? Yeah, I mean, it it makes sense. I mean, I think that was a position where if they had the ability to add a, a guy with some power five experience and some production that they were going to going to do that. I mean, that that position more than almost any other um, has overhauled a ton. 
um, in the offseason. And it felt like there was just kind of maybe, you know, one more guy that you wanted to add to that mix. And, you know, for Marcus Washington, he's got the, the familiarity with Casey Thompson. Um, you know, he had been recruited by Nebraska the first time around. He officially visited Nebraska the first time around. So, you know, he, he at least kind of knew a little bit about what was going on here. And, you know, I, I think it just adds a guy that had, you know, the production at Texas similar to, to what Nebraska lost by the departure of Xavier Betts. And, you know, I, I think it, when you start kind of looking at what a two deep might look like for Nebraska this fall, it, it's an intriguing group. I And you kind of hit on this, I think, wisely in, in our other podcast. I think that group looks even better if you have a healthy Oliver Martin, if you get some more production out of, uh, you know, an Alante Brown or these guys that have had a little bit better spring uh, in the last few months. So it's uh, it almost kind of felt a little bit like best available player. And especially once Nebraska had kind of their, the you know, had pulled more guys out for that defensive line, which was the other kind of badly needed area as well. Yeah, real quick. I think a wild card, don't forget about him, is Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. I always have to kind of slow myself down to say it. Yep. Um, but I think Mickey really likes what he could be and he's now healthy from what I've gathered and he needs a big summer with the QBs and obviously a fall camp to get himself up to speed physically. Cause he was out during the spring, but he's one of those guys, you know, pe- your people are hearing like five or six names during the spring and he's not being mentioned. It's not cause he's not going to play. It's because he just wasn't out there in front of your eyes at that point. Uh, so he's a guy, I think, this thing could definitely shift from what we knew in the spring. I mean, with him and Marcus Washington, uh, that really tips things over a bit. And uh, guys who are here are going to have to realize that competition heats up even more so as we get to uh, fall camp, which is coming up shortly. Uh, On the other side, we're going to hit on the D-line, and uh, that competition has definitely changed too. All right, the uh, Nebraska defensive line – on April 29th looked completely different um, and thin, very thin, uh, like it been on a Weight Watchers plan or something like that. And now it's it's bulked up. It's been in the weight room. It's got O'Shawn Mathis. It's got Devin Drew. Um, and it's got Stefan Wynn. And maybe they're not done yet. Um, over the, That happened over the course of 23 days by my count that they added those three players to the defensive front. Mike Dawson's got to be pretty excited. What do you make of it, Brunts, now compared to where we were a month ago? Yeah, you've got – so you got the star power in Mathis, the, the guy that can get after the quarterback. You've got a guy in Devin Drew who's played a ton of snaps at Texas Tech and has, a you know, a lot of experience. And to me almost, you know, whatever Stefan Wynn can be is kind of the wild card because, you know, he's – you know, top 100 recruit at IMG Academy. He went to Alabama, didn't play a ton there. So, you know, what what is what does the next step look like for him? And I, I think if he can give Nebraska a little bit more, um, you know, than, than what he has in the past at, at his other stop, I, that's an intriguing group. And, you know, you, you add Nash Hutmacher to the mix, um, you know, I, I think this kind of buys him a little bit of time without having to go in there and play. 75 snaps a game. Uh, 
you, you mentioned this the other day, Ty Robinson just looked like a beaten down man during at the end of spring ball because he'd gotten so many reps because there were so few guys there. And it also buys time for young guys that I don't know that they're actually, you know, ready to go this year and, and really be counted in a significant way, thinking some of the younger guys like Weaver and Buckley. So it's a it's a better looking picture. Um, you know, I, I it's just a, now kind of comes the time where you need to figure out, are you going to run more 4-3? Are you going to do more 3-4? What's that going to look like? And, and you're going to need, you know, Mike Dawson to kind of go to work to make all those puzzle pieces fit together. Yeah, I think a month ago, like I felt like, okay, Nash Huttmacher can give some snaps and Colton Feast maybe. And then it was just complete guesswork. I had no earthly idea with the other guys if they're even close to ready. I mean, you would hear stuff here and there, but it was very much here and there about any of them, whether it was Mosai Newsom, Marquise Black, you know, and Raquan Buckley and Jalen Weaver. I'm not saying those guys aren't going to be good players or can't be. It's a tough position to jump right in, even in the first couple of years. So I understand that completely. I also do think it's going to be a really interesting position to watch across the country with the portal and sort of the constant activity now. How much are coaches going to have patience? even with guys in the trenches where you sort of have to have patience for certain guys when you know it's going to take three or four years for some of them to get up to speed, when there's another guy sitting in the portal who's 21, 22 years old, has been in the weight room two extra years, um, is used to going against power five offensive linemen and practices. I don't know. That's going to be sort of an interesting little sidebar to it for me. Yeah. No, and I was just thinking back as you were saying that. I mean – Probably one of the more notable days of, of spring ball was when Mike Dawson had his post-practice availability and, you know, didn't really mince words about what he thought of his group or how much growth needed to occur there um, based on kind of what that picture looked like. And, I mean, we'll, I, I'll be very eager to hear Mike Dawson that first time in the fall about kind of where things stand and, you know, maybe his thoughts on what that group, what, things kind of look like now, but um, it, it, it at least, I, I feel like Nebraska has more of a fighting chance because the thing that was always tough for me was until they started adding these pieces. And, and to me, Devin Drew is just as big as Stefan Wynn. And, and, you know, I think O'Shawn Mathis is a huge get, but I think Drew's going to be very important, but just imagining whatever that line looks like trying to stand up against Wisconsin, Minnesota and Iowa on the back end of that schedule. And, and that's just not, not something you really want to imagine. But I, I think now they've got a, a group that, you know, at least gives them a puncher's chance there. Yeah. And I think it, it does help Ty Robinson quite a bit. Um, you know, I think Ty has been a, a solid player and everybody's and him included, I think is ready to try to make that jump as to a, a big time player, you know, who's getting noticed maybe in some of the all conference stuff. But you can't do that by yourself. Like, you've got to have sturdy guys around you. Otherwise, it's pretty easy for an opponent going into a game to be like, okay, they got one or two guys maybe who scare us a little bit on the D-line. But if you don't have five, six guys like that, um, you're in a world of hurt. And Ty Robinson would have been in a world of hurt. And you could tell uh, it wasn't a cry for help at the end of spring. But there was definite, like, yeah, I, I need a long nap. 
I need a couple, flag. Yeah, I need a couple days nap, you know, where you kind of like, I don't know if you ever have had these days. I, of course, I haven't in a long time, but where you just slept through like an entire day almost <laughs> like that. It seemed like Ty Robinson needed a couple of those at the yeah. end of spring. Yeah, no, he just, he looked jet lagged. Like that, that's the yeah. best way I can describe it is like a guy that had just been put through the ringer and just needed a couple days rest. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Mike Dawson is pretty pumped up because this is a tough position for him. He, he stepped, he's been moving around kind of for, from what his job title is. And, uh, you know, you have this year with everything on the line and you're in the spring. He was, I mean, candid about it, but he's probably looking at this like, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know how, how we're going to do this. And now you're at least talking about, well, if this guy who's been around a while can can uh, reach the next step and this guy can do that, there's some hope here. So I, th- I think it has probably put a hop in the step of people over there, and they might not be done. Um, there is another possible visitor next week, uh, Taylor Lewis, um, Juco defensive tackle. Uh, from the Chicago area originally, another uh, guy who's been around a few years in the college game. And so he's got uh, some of that experience behind him. He's visiting Arkansas, I believe in the middle of this week, perhaps as I'm talking. Um, and so we'll see, you know, Arkansas, it seems like is sort of desperate to land a guy too. So I'm sure they're trying to close a deal there. Uh, but what do you think about this? If Nebraska even added one more or, or at least attempted to. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, one more body there, and I think you feel even better. I mean, that, that's just it. Is it's, I, I feel like Nebraska needs to give itself options there, and I, I feel like some of the guys in that room who were there in the spring, I, I think it became clear that some of those guys were not going to be huge options that could be counted on this year without a lot of work and a lot of development um, quickly. So. I mean, if you can get a guy like that who, you know, has the measurables and is kind of finding out, I think, that when it gets to this point in the calendar year and, and teams still need another defensive lineman, uh, you, you become a pretty hot commodity. So I, it makes sense for Nebraska. I mean, I, I don't know that there's another position that that I would really point to at this point. So like, you need to, to take somebody from there before you take another D lineman, maybe offensive line, but – I, I just think uh, another option there would be huge for a, a four-man type of rotation in the middle of that defense. Yeah, I think we're reaching the end of the line on movement. There could be this one, and you mentioned a line. I suppose that's always possible, but the question is what's out there, and that's sort of what makes Nebraska's even uh, pickups on the defensive line all the more impressive on paper is we don't know how these guys are going to do, but at least – they're, they've played at some bigger programs. Um, you know, Stefan Wynn is going to have the experience of having gone against NFL-type guys in practice and having those guys next to him. And so it's not like he's going to show up and be like, oh, I've never seen this before, you know. So I, th- I think that's all uh, really promising. And it it's just hard to get linemen in the portal who, just to be candid, are worth a darn because there's only so many of them. And everybody's looking at them. Everybody's got their binoculars on those guys, including the offensive line. So that's where I don't know. You you, you just got to really make sure you're not taking a guy just to take a guy. And I don't think like ne- Nebraska did in this case. I think there there's real reason to hope with these players. Yeah, no, I, th- I think they've been pretty discerning in who they've pursued in the portal. 
And I, I think it's helped too that, I mean, there's, there's been very obvious glaring positions of need. So I think that kind of focuses you a little bit more on what's in there. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, to finish this pot up, we'll uh, transition to baseball because the season's over. And uh, we kind of mentioned it at the beginning. <laughs> uh, Purdue, uh, Purdue beat out Nebraska for the final spot or the final spots. Um, if, if Purdue was ahead of them by percentage points, basically, and they had their final game, quote unquote, rained out, some Nebraska fans would take issue with that. But they decided not to play that Saturday against Maryland, who already had the Big Ten wrapped up. And so Purdue's in Omaha, Nebraska's at home, um, and there's some portal movement. And what do you make of this all, Bruns? It's, it's over. It, it was not the season anybody hoped. No, I mean, I, I think two things can be true about the whole Purdue situation. I, I think on the one hand, Purdue, you know, did, didn't necessarily have the the motivation to play that game that they would have, um, you know, had Nebraska taken care of business. I mean, that, that's the other piece of it is Nebraska had every opportunity down the stretch to to make that tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they lost a series on the road to Minnesota where a lot of the issues were self-inflicted. Um, you know, they, they had an opportunity to sweep a very sweepable Michigan state team at home and didn't do that. Um, and, and even, you know, I, I think the one thing you do have to give Nebraska credit for was sitting in Illinois for five hours and a rain delay to play that game. Even if, you know, if they would have said, okay, we're getting out of here, we're going to tie this, then Nebraska would be, I believe percentage points ahead oh, of Purdue. Wow. So there's all that going on, but I mean, the, the, the postmortem on it is you know, Nebraska just was not good enough defensively and at the plate this season to live up to some very lofty expectations that they had at the start of the season. Um, you know, if you look at the numbers, this was a very um, good year in the Big Ten for offenses. I think there were five or six teams that hit over 300. Nebraska finished 12th out of 13 teams uh, in batting average. They they averaged fewer than six runs per game. Um, I think they pitched well enough to 
win more games than they did. They they had to overcome a ton of injuries um, to, to guys that were going to be really important pieces of, of their bullpen and rotation, and they still pitched well enough. But just, you know, night in and night out, the defense and the offense did, did them no favors. And that's why uh, Nebraska is currently, uh, you know, holding postseason meetings. Guys are entering the, entering the portal. They had six guys enter uh, today. Um you know, as everybody's kind of starts to scatter for summer ball and they're continuing to add recruits for next year. Um, it's going to be a big roster turnover. And I, I think it kind of has to be, they need more punch to the plate. They need some help uh, in the weekend rotation. And that's uh, where they're getting to work right now. They're trying to find those guys. Yeah. It was no surprise to me. I think Will Bolt and Trev Alberts too said they weren't going to make that the final weekend a big storyline about Purdue I mean it was disappointing maybe they didn't play but they they said what you just said like they had all the opportunities you know and you just got to point it back at yourself you can never put yourself in a position where you're counting on to get into a eight-team tournament in the Big Ten like oh are they going to play a game over here in West Lafayette that should never be a factor Um, now Brunson the portal news as we're doing this today is sort of a big one because a bunch of Nebraska guys went in at the same time. It's not, I mean, that tends to happen. There's sort of guys get grouped together. The initial reaction on this stuff is always like, Oh, what's going on over there? You know, there's sort of that what, what's happening. They're not, not a good deal, but maybe you can uh, put in perspective sort of, you know, what's happening. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's that time of year where you you have hard conversations with guys about, you know, what their role potentially looks like for next season. And, you know, the, the guys that have entered the portal, probably the, the notable bats, uh, you know, Leighton Banjoff, um, who I believe started 33 games for Nebraska in the outfield this year. Uh, he, he's transferring. And I, I think that wasn't a huge surprise for me. I, I think he was kind of ready for a change of scenery. Um, Jack Style, who was kind of in that mix at first base, he's also moving on. Um, you know, on the mound, probably the, the most notable name was Braxton Bragg. He was kind of the, I guess, closer um, at, at times this year after Colby Gomez went down. So, you know, it, it, it's conversations with coaches of saying, you know, what's my role going to be next year? And for a lot of these guys, if they want at bats, if they want innings, it's probably going to happen somewhere else. And, you know, the, do you still have right now college teams sorting through COVID eligibility? Um, you, you've got a roster size of, of 40 next year if you want it. And Nebraska has, you know, a really large junior college recruiting class coming in. And they're expecting a lot of those guys to come in and compete for innings and at bats. And that's just part of college baseball, um, you know, that unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, uh, even though you, you have six guys going in at once and that gets some headlines, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, it's just kind of part of the process, I think. No, that's good perspective. I think that's important to point out because sometimes on days like today, it's like, oh, the sky is falling. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's where college athletics is now. There's going to be a lot of roster shifting in, in all sports. And, you know, players have the freedom to move more than they ever have before. So they're going to take advantage of it. And with that, I think coaches are going to be if we're just going to be blunt about it, have a shorter leash on guys, you know, it's, and, and tell it to them straight. Like you're probably not going to get a lot of action here. I'm not just talking about baseball, but all sports. And the one thing I would say with all sports is I think because the portal has become a little more common in the last year or two, I think coaches are more open to 
try to help a guy out to his next situation sometimes too. And so it's not like it's as ten intense all the time as people think it is. I think where, you know, like, Oh, they kicked that guy to the curb and all that, you know, I, I, I think there's coaches are working on behalf of helping players in, in certain spots, get to a spot where they can actually play the game. They like. Yeah. Every, every one of those meetings is not a situation where a player is storming out of an office and slamming the door or anything like that. I mean, it, it's, it, you're right. I mean, a lot of times, you know, it's a guy hits the portal and this, it's definitely this way in football and, you know, coaches at the previous school, their phone starts blowing up, wanting to know about a kid, what his situation is. And, and a lot of times coaches, you know, are just honest and say, yeah, this is, this is what happened. You know, the snaps weren't there or, yeah. or whatever. And that's, that's just kind of part of the deal. So it, it's, you know, not a, a huge thing. And, and for, you know, you're, you're talking about a Nebraska team that lost over 30 games. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you have a team that doesn't have success like that, you're, you're not going to just run it back and, and you know, kind of have the same pieces there. You're, you're going to try to shuffle things and reload a little bit differently. I do like the picture. I mean, it's fun to picture a guy storming out a little <laughs> bit more. That's sort, that's sort of like when you watch journalism movies and – uh, the person like slams a phone down and the landline phone and they're like, well, I'll file a freedom of information act, you know, or stuff like that. And it, a lot of times news doesn't get processed quite as dramatically as it is shown, nor, yeah. do, nor does portal movement happen that way. Probably not, not generally. It's usually, well, sometimes it's an out of the blue phone call that somebody's leaving. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's uh, usually not that dramatic. All righty. Well, that's all we know. That's all I know. Do you know anything else, Bruns? I got nothing. All right. Well, I think we we tried the best we could. That's all you can do. Uh, thanks for listening to the Husker 24-7 podcast. We're going to have a ton of stuff. Uh, I think we're going to have a pretty good deal on the site uh, coming here uh, that people should look for. Um, and like Bruns said earlier, it's going to be a busy June. Like it's not, this is a good time to come to the site. It, it's not boring at all. Like Husker sports has maybe not been what people wanted to, it to be, but it's not boring. And no. uh, so come to the site. We'll have stuff for you. Thanks for listening. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.